Hello, this is Melissa Laflamme, and you're listening to the Soul Work Sessions. Since this is our first episode, let me give you a quick bit of background on who you're listening to. I'm a Jungian psychotherapist and depth psychologist in private practice going on 15 years in Denver. I also work with people all over the world on Skype. As a cultural artist, I'm a published writer, poet, spoken word artist. And more than anything, I'm a lover of the soul of the world, the earth herself, a wilderness-oriented soul guide, a naturalist of the psyche, bent on catalyzing soul-making and supporting you in coming fully alive at every bend (laughs) on this absurd and ragged trail we walk as humans together. You could say I'm a troublemaker. So let's get started. In this episode of the Soul Work Sessions, we'll take a look at how it is, more often than not, our experiences of tectonic upset, deep struggle, grief, loss, and trauma are as soul-rending and heartbreaking as they are invitations, messages, or seeds from our own soul, our deep psyche, that have come to heal us at a soul level, transform and grow us, to unearth, retrieve, and make more soul, beckoning us to come more and more alive, become more and more who we are, more raw, more real, more juicy, more free to wholly embody what we're for and love. Now let's explore the path of healing, integrating, and eventually transcending trauma as a descent down and into the dark, dank, and often fertile realm of our soul. The 19th century American philosopher and psychologist William James said, if there are supernormal powers, it is through the cracked and fragmented self that they enter. The thing is, most everyone has been impacted by some sort of trauma, grief and loss, either in childhood, thereafter as an adult, or both. Most of us have a ground zero within our psyche where trauma was first registered. Trauma and loss, either through overt or subtle abuse or neglect, psychological or physical violence, emotional loss, grief, and or heartbreak. Trauma is an experience of being human. It's an experience of the soul an experience of feeling our literal and physical life and or the life of our soul or spirit in grave danger or witnessing that in someone else. And it's far more common than we realize. Its effect on our autonomic or central nervous system responses on our psyche and body, our soul and spirit range almost infinitely A traumatic encounter with abuse or loss in our present experience tends to hijack us, reignite a neurological or autonomic nervous system response of fight or flight or freeze. And I'll explain those responses a bit later. When those happen, those responses, they rip open again the trauma, the psychological wounds. The experience of a cascade of destabling emotion can be utterly overwhelming at times like that. 
According to Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, when you have a persistent sense of heartbreak and gut wrench, the physical sensations become intolerable and we will do anything to make those feelings disappear. And that is really the origin of what happens in human pathology. People take drugs to make it disappear, and they cut themselves to make it disappear, and they starve themselves to make it disappear, and they have sex with anyone who comes along to make it disappear. And once you have these horrible sensations in your body, you'll do anything to make it go away. The critical issue is allowing yourself to know what you know, to know what you know. That takes an enormous amount of courage. Being able to feel safe with other people is probably the single most important aspect of our mental health. Safe connections are fundamental to meaningful and satisfying lives. Beneath the surface of the protective parts of trauma survivors, there exists an undamaged essence, a self that is confident, curious and calm a self that has been sheltered from destruction by the various protectors that have emerged in their efforts to ensure survival. Once those protectors trust that it is safe to separate those protectors within us, then the self within us will spontaneously emerge and the parts can be enlisted in our own healing process. The two most important phrases in psychotherapy, as in yoga, are notice that and what happens next. Once you start approaching your body with curiosity rather than fear, everything begins to shift. And so, amidst the shock and often emotionally destabling experience of trauma, one of the first and most impactful assaults on the psyche is a direct hit on how we trust. On our trust of others, trust of most anything existential, intangible, or spiritual, sometimes trust in anything good at all, trust in a future different than the present. And finally, we often feel an assault on our trust in ourself. This pervasive assault on trust can shake us to our core. This is one of the manifestations of the effects of trauma and traumatic loss. We could say there are four core identifiable states of being with regard to our autonomic nervous system, our central nervous system. And our thoughts and feelings and actions and inaction are deeply influenced and driven by this neuropsychological state of being we are most often in. They are as follows. Social engagement. This state is controlled by the ventral vagal 10th cranial nerve. In social engagement, a person remains calm. They're truly available to be present with others. They can experience empathy. They're able to hold good boundaries, cooperate with others, and maintain a sense of humor. The key concepts here are calm, flexibility, and empathy. This state is vitally important. It forms the foundation of good self-regulation, and in the healthiest of circumstances, is the most predominant way of being that we experience. Next, there is the state of flight. 
usually experienced as anger, irritability, or rage. This state is controlled by the sympathetic nervous system. It comes online when the person's midbrain structures perceive a threat. The more predominantly the person is in a fight response, the more the prefrontal cortex goes offline and the less the person is able to experience calm or empathy. And next is flight. Flight is usually experienced as fear, anxiety, or restlessness, also controlled by the central nervous system. The flight state includes the same loss of cortical function as with fight. And then there is freeze. Freeze is often experienced as low energy, amotivation, dullness, foggy-headedness, and reduced capacity for cognition or thinking, and just about any emotion other than fear. This state is also mediated by the vagus nerve, but an older, more primitive portion of it, the dorsal vagus system. Freeze is a sort of autonomic death preparation state, and it's terrifying, and happens when the body senses that either social engagement, fight, or flight is not possible or may even be threatening. As trauma expert, psychologist, and author Peter Levine writes, Previous traumatically stressful events that have not been fully resolved in the nervous system will disrupt a person's self-regulation, altering their responses to present-day events and often producing a fight, flight, or freeze response. Most of the work I do with my clients in depth-oriented and Jungian psychotherapy is around healing and transformation of trauma. One of the hardest things to do when we're really suffering is to soothe ourself, to be gentle with ourself, genuinely tender and loving with ourself. I often ask parents, who are my clients, how they would treat their young child if he or she were suffering, or someone who is not a parent, how they care for and love their cat or dog, and then imagine treating themselves that way to soothe their own soul. So here are some things to do that can help. Focus on the basics of your everyday living. Simplifying. Chop wood, carry water as the Buddhist maxim goes. Get eight hours of sleep a night. Nothing's more restorative than sleep, cellularly and neurologically, for the body and the soul. Try not to isolate yourself. Rather, spend quiet time alone with what soothes and comforts you and spend time with people who are compassionate, respectful, let you be you without trying to fix you and are supportive of you without being afraid of how you're feeling. Get regular movement from walking and stretching to more intense cardiovascular exercise and resistance training from 30 to 60 minutes a day based on your level of health and vigor. Just move your body. It's so important. Morning meditation three times a week can be very powerful to soothe the central nervous system, quiet the brain, ease the self. Get outside. (laughs) 
take in the natural surroundings, whether you're in the city, in a small or large park, a piece of sky, the sun, the snow, the rain. One of my key teachers, Bill Plotkin, said, there's no bad weather. There's just having the right gear for it, being prepared for it. So dress for the weather and let it have you. There's nothing quite as invigorating as being in rain or snow or cold. Not freezing, that's not fun. (laughs) But it is awakening of the body. And as the body awakens, the soul stirs and begins to heal. We come into ourselves and our bodies. Explore and cultivate your spirituality, your relationship with mystery. Often when we feel blown apart, that provides an opening. As William James said, as Leonard Cohen has said, through the crack, the light gets in. So explore your, your relationship with mystery, with the earth and the elements, the moon and the sun. Whatever spirit is for you, whatever god or the gods or the goddesses, the cosmos is for you. Whatever forces and sources seem to call to you or have called to you at one time in your life, if even in their absence now. Maybe try some gentle yoga, like hatha or yin yoga. It's very soothing. Make even some small changes to your routines, like the route you drive to and from work, and begin to notice your surroundings again, differently, as if with new eyes, to the extent you can. Nutrition, really important. Pay attention to your intake of sugar, white food, alcohol, sodium, caffeine, and reduce them as much as possible. Lean more toward whole foods, bright colored vegetables, fruits and salads, lots of lean protein, fruit low in glycemic levels. Drink plenty of good clean water. If it calls to you, do some creative or expressive arts a couple times a week. It really opens up the imagination. Carl Jung said, it's through the imagination that we heal, that image is psyche, psyche is image. Image, of course, is the root word of imagination. Long, warm baths and showers can also be very soothing. Did I say move your body? (laughs) That, That is really important. You might also explore psychotherapy with a formally trained and experienced clinician who is an expert in working with trauma, trauma recovery, and healing, integrating the experience of trauma, which is an experience of being human. Journal your thoughts and feelings, write them down to experience them, and equally as important to express them, express rather than repress, get them out, leave them contained on the page. That's also one of the reasons we gotta move the body, we express express energy. And please know too that often people who care about you want to dry your tears and move you along because our overwhelming grief and upset almost always brings up another's yet to be dealt with grief or upset along with an array of their undealt with and thus unconscious feelings and thoughts. People who care about us will almost reflexively want to help us feel better when feeling better is often only found through going all the way into the heart of what is a mess 
of a tear-soaked, snotty, wailing, preverbal state of grieving. Grieving that is really a becoming, a becoming as vital and as dangerous, if not completed, as birth itself. Trauma and its integration is slow, but the path is pretty well known, and the exploration of the depths of our soul in the midst of both our suffering, healing, integration, and ultimately transcendence can often reveal the truth and the beauty of who we are and what we came here for as the integration of trauma we have discovered carries the potential to reveal to us the medicine in our wounds. It's homeopathic that way. And the empathy, compassion, and strength to lovingly support others who are healing and becoming more and more of who they are too. That's it for this episode of the Soul Work Sessions. Thank you for listening, listening with me, and we'll do it again next week. Please follow me on Facebook. And for more info, visit my psychotherapy practice site at jungiansoulwork.com. That's J-U-N-G-I-A-N-S-O-U-L-W-O-R-K.com. And if you'd like, my book is available on Amazon. It's called What You Are For, Inciting a Revolution in Your Soul.